Welcome to Rise Above Your Mind, a podcast dedicated to education, advocacy, and support for topics related to mental health and all challenges and obstacles that are found in the world today. Welcome back to another episode of Rise Above Your Mind. Today, we are joined by Hensley Handcuff. You just want to introduce yourself real quick. Hey, I'm Hensley. I go to Clemson University. I'm on the women's soccer team. I'm a senior this year and graduating in December. And thank you for having me on today. Yeah, super excited to have you on. Talk about your journey, your story, what you've been through. Obviously, overcoming some pretty tough obstacles throughout your early life and you know, going into college, going into hopefully a professional career in the upcoming months. So we're just going to get underway here. And first thing I just want to talk about is your story. If you just want to kind of go through real quick, like what happened, and then we can kind of dive into more of the specifics of how that affected your athletic career, your academic career, your mental health, all of those kind of things. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. So in high school, probably sophomore year, I decided I wanted to play college soccer. Um, started looking at different schools. I committed to Oklahoma State first because I'm originally from Oklahoma. Thought I wanted to stay home. My advice to all those young soccer players out there, don't stay home, get out. <laughs> but then I ended up committing to Villanova um, and I was going to go there in 2018. Wow, that's a long time ago. So around senior year, I only had a couple credits left. And so I was going to do a half a semester, graduate, and then go to college like a semester early. And I found out some pretty bad news about a year before I went, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, which was just, I mean, crazy at the time. It was about two years in the works. I had surgery November 16th of 2017 to get my ovaries taken out, got everything taken care of. Um, And at that time I was actually living in Florida, in Orlando, playing with the Orlando pride, which, which was a great experience, but I had to come home and get, get that taken care of before I left for Villanova the next month you know it was it was a really quick turnaround and it's just crazy to think back on that and and that that's still kind of part of who I am today yeah absolutely so just kind of diving into that how how did that cancer diagnosis like how did that impact your athletic career and like the kind of the toll that it took on you and just I guess in a sense like getting over that like the the mentality of accepting that and trying to build on mm-hmm. well just broadly i mean every day it's it's like an acceptance thing i wake up and i'm like well yeah this did happen to me and and take take it for who i am now but whenever i did find out i remember looking at my mom and i was like why us you know we've 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 been through so much already with family and 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 me and my mom my little brother are super close and so i just looked at her and i'm like my life is just starting why is this happening to happening to me right now? And it took me, it took me a long time to accept the fact that it was actually happening. You know, I I don't think I believed what I went through until I actually went through it. I definitely didn't accept like, holy crap, you actually have cancer until probably about a year after it happened and you reflect and, and you're kind of looking back at it and you're like, I I can't believe I went through that. But when I first found out it was just shocking, you know, I mean, 
like I said, it, it was just like, why is this happening? What, what's going to come out of this? I have all these plans and, and what am I going to do? And I remember my mom told me, she said, Kinsley, this doesn't change anything. This is something you have to face. I had a coach who called me and she said, Kinsley, I'm giving you a week to be sad about this. And I'm like, dude, it's cancer. You give me a week. <laughs> it's going to be a long time. But I remember she gave me a week, seven days. She called me on a Monday and then the following Monday, she called me again. She said, are you ready to get to work? And I was like, yes, I am ready to get to work. So like I said, it didn't hit me for a long time. And I think whenever I was going through it in the moment, um, I was just trying not to think about it. Because when I thought about it is when I would overthink and, and the whole mental side of it would come in. But after my surgery, what people don't really understand is when you have your ovaries taken out, they change your hormones. They're in charge of your hormones. So I didn't have any hormones. I felt nothing for a long time. I, I, I didn't know I felt numb. That's a great way to kind of describe it is feeling numb. And I felt like that for a long time, probably three months going into Villanova. And, and at that time I was still hiding from the fact that I went through such a big life-changing moment in, in a negative way. And I didn't want to focus on that. So I was definitely just focusing on only soccer. What can I do on the field to make me happy? So then I can be happy off the field. If you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I've obviously not been through the same situation with you know cancer and everything that you went through there, but it, it's similar, not as, you know, life-changing circumstances with any type of injury in athletics where there's yeah. the, the physical recovery, but there's also the mental recovery. There's yeah you you go through the physical steps you're like okay like i had surgery i have to let my body heal until it's the point where like i can compete again but yeah. then there's also the mental where you're like okay am, am i able to you know step in between the posts and save shots am i able to support my teammates am i able to do this this and this it's it's a challenge in itself and i, I totally agree i totally agree and so I guess my next question for you, the next thing I really want to touch on is how, how did you regain that mental control of yourself as a goalkeeper? Because for anybody that doesn't you know, know soccer, for anybody that does know soccer, the goalkeeper really is the heart of the team. Like you're, you're at the back, you can see everything. You're in, always in charge of being the communicator. <laughs> like your teammates rely on you and, and it's so important to have that kind of mentality, understanding, you know, what the team needs and what you need to do for them. Yeah. So how, how were those like the mental challenges, the mental health aspect for you with understanding that? Yeah. So kind of how you touched on, there's the physical component about recovery and then there's the mental component about recovery and looking at it both ways, I would say the mental component took me a lot longer to recover from than the physical component. You know, I, I, my scars healed. I, I started training again. The medicine I was on was affecting me a little bit, but it was really just the mental side that I had to get over. And like you said, being a goalkeeper, we're trained our entire life to do the impossible. We're trained to throw our faces in front of balls moving 40 miles an hour. You know, we're trained to dive in front of people who are trying to kick us. Like <laughs> it's, a lot of people call us crazy. And I, I would agree that we are each crazy in our own way, but the mental side, the only thing that I can look back on and say really helped me was time. I wasn't happy where I was at Villanova and 
being in an environment where you're surrounded by people who don't have the same goals as you and aren't doing the same things as you on and off the field is really hard in general. And then taking that piece and adding the whole cancer piece into it, you know, I just, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I knew my entire life I was put on this earth to play soccer and having that kind of mentality taken away from you is you're, you're like, what am I supposed to do now? You know, am I, am I still going to be able to do this or is this it for me? And so that's actually one of the reasons why I transferred to Clemson is I decided I want, I was like, you know what, screw it. We're still going to do it. We're still going to play soccer. You're going to lose some weight, Hensley. You're not going to use any excuses because this is what you were put on this earth to do. So when I was at Villanova, um, kind of the medicine I was on made me gain like 50 pounds. I was super unfit and being unfit and, and not happy with you, how you look, which is a whole other athlete component we can get yeah, into. That's a, that's a whole nother episode. A that whole we can nother episode right, right there. there. I mean, just all of those physical challenges you're trying to, there's just so much on your plate and there was just so much on my plate that I was just lost. And I relied heavily on my mom and my little brother. They, I would not be where I am today without them. I mean, every single day I would wake up, my mom would call. I talked to my mom three times a day in the morning and afternoon and right before I go to bed. And she just reminds me of, of who I am and, and kind of what I've been through. And she taught me how to use what I've been through as motivation. And so once I transferred to Clemson, that's was my mindset. Like, why not Hensley? You know, why, why, why were you put through this? But now it's to the point where you have no reason that you shouldn't be doing what you want to do. I guess life I've learned life is way too short to not do what you want to do. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's, that's a lesson that can be taught for a lot of topics when it comes to student athlete life, mental health, physical health, really anything is that you've got to, you got to try and take control of the situation because the longer that you let that sit, you know, especially with let's say mental health, the longer you let those things build up, it's only going to get worse. You know, you've got to, you've got to seek support. Like you said, talking to your mom three times a day for some people, for some people like their support system. And this, this is absolutely true for me. Like, I wouldn't be where I am today without my support system, whether that's my family, my friends, like even at college, like professors and advisors, like I I don't know where I would be without the people in my life. And that's like the support system. And this is something that I feel like a broken record. I talk about this in probably every episode, but like with mental health and physical health and really any obstacle in life, having a support system that wants to see you succeed, that believes in you and like really cares about you is probably the most important thing that you can have 100%. That's that's kind of the reason why I transferred also. I I felt like I I wasn't getting the support system that I wanted and needed at Villanova. And and here at Clemson, I'm surrounded by people who give their 100% effort every day, not only because they want to be better, but they know it's going to make me better obviously like i'm i'm an outsider you know just looking in from from a from a different perspective but just like based on like your posts and like i follow like clemson women's soccer on instagram and twitter and have been keeping along with like your guys's like games and stuff like that but like i can just it's just like one of those things where you can just tell that like 
you guys are a team that cares about each other. Like yeah. I saw, I saw the video from the other night after you guys had that big win in your first conference game. And like, just like the genuine, like love and support that you could see in that video that you, you and your teammates have for each other. Like that's, that's something that's hard to come by in today's world. I, I agree. It's really hard to find a group of 26 girls that genuinely like each other and get along. And I am so grateful to be able to have that. I mean, last semester in the NCAA tournament, I remember the entire spring, we had five, six ACLs happen that year. And so we had 14 players, the minimum number of players that you can have on a team to still be playing. We had a goalkeeper who was wearing a field player jersey. And yeah, it's it's crazy. We had that happen my freshman year at Co, where we ended the year, I think probably about 14-15 in our last conference game, just yeah. because of injuries and, yeah. and transfers and stuff like that. And it's just like a crazy situation to be in. And yeah, and whenever you have a team that is that reliant on each other, everybody knows their role and the support from coming off the bench to a starter is just insane. I mean, I remember in the NCAA tournament, a lot of people got hurt and we didn't have a single sub in our last game against Santa Clara. And yet we still, I mean, played a great game. And so kind of back to the point we're talking about is just, I've learned how to lean on people in certain ways, but also how to like, let people lean on me, you know, because I've, I've been through so much. I feel like I can give some, some piece of advice from my life to people who are going through different things, you know, cause everybody goes through stuff. Everybody has their own personal stuff, you know, whether it's cancer, what I went through family issues, personal mental health issues, you're not happy with the way you look. I mean, it all relates in some way. And all we have to do is just be nice to each other and be able to lean on each other. That was something that was hard for me especially I'd say my sophomore year going into my junior year when COVID hit. And I realized like the connection that I had with some of the guys on the team was really strong. But then there were some guys on the team that like, I was like, I don't really know anything about them outside of practice every day. And so I kind of took it upon me to try and like actually get to know the guys on the team because I felt like, you know, we had spring, we got sent home early. We didn't yeah. get our spring season. And then in the fall, our conference decided that we were going to play in the spring and it was only conference, no non-conference games. So in that whole span, we probably lost about 15 competitions total that we didn't get to play. And it was just like a tough time for everyone. And everybody kind of had to learn to lean on each other because I've always been that person that's like, oh, you need support. You need someone to talk to. I'm here for you. I got you. But I would never reciprocate. I would never be like, okay, now, you know, let me, let me kind of connect with you. Yeah. It's, it's hard also kind of being that person, but at the same time being vulnerable enough to, to open yourself up to people, you know, we, we shut ourselves out. We don't want people to see the weaknesses of ourselves and you have to find strength in your weakness. And the only way by doing that is by accepting it and, and showing other people. Yeah. Especially in athletics. I just want to say real quick, like, We've seen, especially over the last couple months with Simone Biles, Serena yeah. Williams, Naomi Osaka, like these big name athletes that are like, I am struggling like internally. I have like, I'm overwhelmed. I have anxiety. I can't compete at the level that you guys want me to compete at. And the backlash from that is just so frustrating to see because like, I talk about this with my roommates all the time because we're all athletes. We all have mental health problems. Like yeah. it's just how 
how we deal with it. And like that mental struggle would be taken the same way of care as a physical injury. You know, like you, you sprain your ankle, you put a boot on and you're on crutches or something like that. People can see that if you have a really rough day and you're anxious and you just can't practice because every time the ball comes your way, your passes are off or it's in the back of the net, like that needs to be taken with the same seriousness as a physical injury. I agree. I think this last year, there's been a lot of growth in the athletic system, especially with how encouraging at least my team is with, with seeing and talking about your issues. But when I was at Villanova, I remember like after my surgery, I had PTSD. I would not like, if a ball would hit me in the stomach, I I would like start crying. There was just days where I could not mentally function to where I could not physically get out of bed, you know? And, and it's scary to, to think like how your brain can play tricks on you like that. And so it, I 100% agree. It needs to be treated just how physical injuries would be treated. It's, and it's sad that it's, it, we're still talking about this today just because it's happened over and over and over again, how you're not playing well and, and how everybody expects you to be the best player out there. And, and, and you can't give your best because you're mentally not there. And it's just, it's just crazy to think about that. Yeah. And I think that's a good segue into how, how these challenges can help us as student athletes to grow. Yeah. And I, my question for you is like, how did, how did dealing with that cancer diagnosis, dealing with the struggles that you had at Villanova and the transferring, how did that help you become a better teammate once you got to Clemson and, you know, finding that support system? Yeah. If there's one word I could kind of say that I've learned a lot from is I've learned how to be more understanding of myself and other people. I learned a lot about myself at Villanova. I learned a lot about other people at Clemson and Villanova. When I was at Villanova, it was not about the soccer. It was about how can I mentally get in the correct place to where I can take this somewhere else. And so now here at Clemson, I figured out who I am. I know what I want. I want to play pro. That's what I was put on this earth to do. And how can I bring that every day to not only encourage other people to bring their best on and off the field every day, but also to make them better by being my best every day, you know? And so I would say from being a better teammate, you know, I'm, I'm way more understanding than I was three years ago. I was so naive three years ago, four years ago. I was so judgmental four years ago of other people, you know? I mean, I've learned so much about mental illness the past four years. I, I, I remember I used to like hear mental illness. And I'm like, oh, it's not a real thing. You know, you're fine. Every, it's fine. Everything's fine. I would play it off like that because as athletes, that's what we're taught to do. And now it's like, what can I do to help you? And it's not necessarily pushing somebody to open up for me, but it's just knowing that I'm here for them in any way that they need. And I feel like on and off the field that has kind of made me a better teammate. Yeah. And I agree 100% with the last thing that you said there about not necessarily saying like, Hey, I like open up to me, tell me what's on your mind, but just letting people know that you're there, letting people know that you care and that if they do have something going on, that they can come to you and feel comfortable and trusted because, and, and I see this a lot, especially with my teammates where, 
the stigma around men's mental health in athletics is is so bad. It's so bad that people yeah. don't want to talk about it. Like I've had guys on my team that like they'll have a family member die or somebody close to them and they're just like all over the place. Like just cannot function. And and obviously I don't blame them. Like that's a really difficult thing. I've been through that as well. And and they'll just go about their daily life at practice and then you know, I'll talk to him later and they'll be like, oh yeah, like I went back last night and just like laid in bed all night and did nothing because I had no motivation. Like, like, I just, I just want to like help them. Like, I just want like from the bottom of my heart to let them know, like, you can talk about this stuff. You, you're it, like, what's going on in your life is important to this team. Like the team yeah. soccer, we all love soccer. Like at, at the end of the day, like we play the sport because we love it. But we're people first and we're athletes second. And that's that's the biggest thing that I think people need to understand is if if you don't feel like you can compete at the level that you know you can because of something that's like affected you, you need to you need to like like I don't I don't know that yeah, I don't like that's the simplest way to put it. Like you gotta get help. If you yeah. like I said earlier, like if you break your arm you're not just going to be like oh i'll just let it heal on its own and go about my daily life like no you're gonna go to the doctor you're gonna see the athletic trainer and like get a sports medicine team to support you if you if you have anxiety or depression like go see a doctor see a therapist like it's just it's so frustrating because like and i'm sure you feel the same way like i love every single one of my teammates and like i have their backs every like no matter what and i know that they have mine and that's the best feeling in the world. Is, and yeah. seeing a teammate struggling, it's just so, it's just so heart wrenching. Yeah. Cause it takes a lot out of you also, but kind of to your point on, we've talked about this a little bit, but you break your arm, you go to the doctor, you do rehab every single day. And I wish that's how mental illness was looked at. You should be practicing it every single day. Um, kind of an example of what I do now is I used to get so anxious and nervous before games I like the night before I could not sleep I I just sat in bed twiddling my thumbs like holy crap I have a game tomorrow what am I going to do what am I going to do so now before every game at night I do I save my laundry for the entire week it's a big basket I do laundry I fold it it takes me probably an hour and a half to fold all the laundry that I have and during that time I'm not thinking I just put on some mindless television and just I don't (laughs) And it's little things like that, that, that you can do to kind of practice your mental health. You know, you don't need to be overthinking about things that you have no control of in the moment. And I feel like that's one thing that I've learned a lot. I have a lot of tattoos about kind of the meaning of controlling what you can control and not worrying about the things that you can't control. That's another thing I've learned from the past four years. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, I, I love that you just brought up your tattoos there because I actually just last week got three new ones that are kind of mental health related that are important to me. Yeah. Um, I got one with the 21 pilots quote, the one that says the sun will rise and we will try again. Yeah. And that one just holds so much power to me because I always get so overwhelmed and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm thinking about all the things that could go wrong, all the things in my life that Where's are overwhelming me. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? the sun's going to come up tomorrow. We'll try again. Like something's going to be, something's going to work its way out. And, and <laughs> I, I agree about the little things when it comes to mental health and rehabbing every day. Like you said, I, my roommates and I have gotten to the routine and two of my roommates, they run cross country and track. And so 
they'll go out and they'll run like seven, eight miles a day and they'll come back from practice and they'll be like, Oh yeah, we just did like a light seven miles today. And I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> I was like, you will, you will catch me like laying on the ground passed yeah, out before you up, catch me on. running seven miles. And, but like every single night, probably every night for the last like two, two and a half, maybe even three weeks, we all like my practice normally gets done around nine at night and I'll come back and we'll just sit down like normally a few people are over and we'll just like watch a movie mm-hmm. like lately like last week we watched like all the toy story movies oh. and like we <laughs> like we started watching harry potter and stuff like that like it's just like it's just kind of like a, okay we've all had school and meetings and practice and rehab all day and then at the end of the day like we all just kind of like take that moment and just like relax and be like okay awesome. like life is still happening there's other things going on like it's going to be okay and it for some people they're like oh that's like that's silly like that you'd like watch a movie every single night and it it helps honestly little things having a routine is so important and i mean even on a day-to-day basis you know we're dragged from meeting to meeting the practice to class to meeting the class to practice to game you know it's ridiculous it's ridiculous finding little times to i mean treat yourself and and trying to get in a routine of doing that and and being accepting of yourself you know so Absolutely. i think i think it's awesome that you guys watch you should watch star wars all the star wars movies oh i i'm actually in the process right now of designing a like a mini little star wars sleeve for my right leg that's i love star wars so much i got i also got a golden snitch tattoo from harry potter and then ba- <laughs> i got cool. a baby i got a baby Groot one also that i love <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm a big, big Star Wars fan. And it's also, you know, finding other things outside of soccer that you like. I was talking to my old roommate who graduated last year. Now she's in dental school and she's having such a hard time with, you know, we're surrounded by teammates who we are forced to be friends with. And whenever you leave that, it's like, we don't know how to make real friends. We don't know how to go introduce yourself to someone be, hey, I'm Hensley Handcuff. I play soccer what what else to go, what else about me you know so it's this might actually this might make you laugh a little bit but i originally when i texted sam i was like hey like i saw hensley's story on twitter like i would love to like record an episode with her and talk about it and sam was like yeah like i can give you her number if you just want to chat to her she gave me your number like probably like two and a half three weeks ago and i sat there with your number in my phone for like a week and a half just like oh my gosh, how do I message her? Like, how do I send this text so that she'll like, like I literally texted Sam and I was like, why am I so anxious to just like text her and be like, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Like, it's it's the weirdest thing. Like, I shouldn't be that anxious about that. Yeah, it's, I mean, we, as athletes, I mean, it's great because we're surrounded by people who we're forced to be friends with, but in a negative way, like we don't have to make friends with like, anybody you know i go to class i sit in the back with my hood on and i don't talk to anybody (laughs) which is horrible you know (laughs) so that's one that's probably the next thing that i'm going to start working on is is and i think i've done a pretty well job this summer is is meeting people outside of soccer and expanding my my relationships and friendships with people that i don't have to be friends with you know yeah absolutely and I think this is a good segue into the last thing that I wanted to cover related to athletics and soccer and really a big thing that I know you talked about in that story that you posted um, with Clemson soccer and it's using athletics as an escape from the other things going on in our lives. 
And I know that's something that you talked about. Like you have always believed you were put on this earth to play soccer, to be that person. Like that's who you are. And so how, how do you use athletics as an escape? And like, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Well, kind of like I talked about earlier for the longest time, I remember I was numb. I didn't feel anything. Um, just because I went through so much, my brain was so tired from, from all the trauma and everything that the only time I did feel something was in between the goalposts when I made a big save, when we, when I had a shutout, that's the only time I felt something happy in my life, which was really sad for a long time. Um, but in a, in a way that I look at it, it was, it was motivation for me as well. I kept chasing that feeling. Um, and I mean, still to this day it doesn't change. Last year, last spring, we won um, against UCLA in PKs and I saved the final PK and we won. And last, the last time we played UCLA, we got beat like four to one. So it was, it was the best feeling in the world. And, and using that motivation and chasing that feeling, I mean, I don't want to say it's like a drug because that's a negative connotation. And I don't want to say like, that's okay to be using for like mental health and everything, but like finding something that makes you so happy and feel like such yourself and chasing that feeling is a good way to deal with mental health. And for me, it's soccer. And I'm sure you can relate, you know, there's nothing better than feeling like you have accomplished so much after you had a great game and you did not get scored on, you know, which I just think it's, I mean, and also from the hormone like release, whenever you work out and stuff, if I'm having a bad yeah. day and I don't feel good and I'm like overthinking and stuff, I'll just go for like a little run. I'll just sweat really quick or, or get my blood going. I feel so much better after I feel like, why, why were you stressing before? Yeah. My roommates and I, we always, we call them our little serotonin boosters exactly. and that's, that's like the way that we put it, you know? So it's kind of a more of a positive connotation. We, yeah. We're like, oh, like, how are we going to get our serotonin boost today? Like, what are exactly. we going to do to, to kind of like, to, to kind of turn that into a positive? And, you know, <laughs> and so like, yeah, we'll have those workouts where you work out so hard, you don't even feel anything after you don't want to feel anything. After. Those are the best workouts, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, we, we always call it our, our floor time. You know, we get back from a, a good workout and you just like get back into get the apartment. The you, just, you just lay on the floor the student athlete lifestyle where you just get back and you just lay on the floor for a couple minutes and you get up, you're like, all right, time to shower, time to get back on track. But exactly. you, just, you just have that little moment, but yeah. no, yeah. it's, it's so important to, to, to seek those things in your life, to find those things that can relieve that stress for you. Because like you said earlier, like for most people, like soccer players for us, like soccer is everything to us. Like for me, that's always been like everything to me. And so like freshman year, when I had my knee surgery, all of a sudden I couldn't play. I couldn't kick a ball for like two months. I was like, I got to find some other passion to focus on before I lose my mind and finding those passions outside of sport, finding, you know, things inside of sport itself when you're playing that give you that, that little boost of, of energy and, and motivation are, are so important. I agree. You have to have backup plans for sure. You know, I know I'm not going to be able to play soccer forever. I know I could get injured tomorrow. I can, I know, like, I mean, I've been through it. I've looked to death in the face. I know life is not guaranteed and, and, you know, taking advantage of every little opportunity that you have to, to make yourself happy, whether it's playing soccer, reading a book, being a foodie, drinking wine, like anything, spending time with family, you know, just anything that makes you happy and, and, and don't, 
you know, don't feel bad because you're making yourself happy. I feel like as a society, we kind of work, go home, sleep, eat, work, go home, sleep, eat. There's no time where we can just actually relax and have time for ourselves and, and me time and, and make yourself happy time. Absolutely. Uh, to close us out here, first of all, I just want to say a big thank you to Hensley for joining us today. Closing advice, closing thoughts, any advice you would give somebody maybe struggling with an obstacle, struggling with something in their life as an athlete and kind of short little advice, what you would give to them. All right. Well, first off, thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed our conversation. And I mean, it, it reassures me that there's other people out there that have been through a lot of things too. And that's kind of leading into my advice is like, everybody goes through something and it doesn't matter. Like I said earlier, family, friends, yourself, external environment, internal, you know, you have to know that everybody's going through something. And so you can use that to lean on other people, you know, don't feel like you have to hide it in yourself. So that's, that's my one piece of advice and, and time is the best healer in the world. So. Thank you so much, Hensley, for joining us today. Hope everybody enjoyed. Don't forget, it's a good day to have a great day.